Dollars and Hops podcast, where we help you optimize your financial future. Here are your hosts, Scott and Lance. Welcome back to the Dollars and Hops podcast. My name is Lance. I'm one of your hosts. We are so glad you decided to join us here where we help you optimize your financial future in some scary, uncertain times uh, that we have kind of going on right now. We're going to be talking about that this episode. And man, I'm excited to be joined here by my brother from another, Scotter, up in Maryland. What's going on, bro? How you been, man? Been doing well, Lance. It is, um, gosh, we are we're in the heart of summer here. I don't know when this is going to be released, but we're in the heart of summer. Right? Heading into August now. And uh, just just signed old Brooksy boy, my son, up for some T-ball, Lance. Ooh. We got T-ball is starting. Uh, exciting. Making you feel a little Been, old. I do feel old. You know, I'm like in the driveway, like throwing throwing um, uh, some pitches to to my son. And yeah, I got to say, he's, he's pretty silly at baseball. I think I mentioned on a previous pod that he's not so silly at basketball. Very silly at baseball, so maybe baseball is a sport. I don't know. Very nice. Uh, I remember the the baseball days. You and I. Uh, I think we should need to hash this oh, out real yeah. quick on the uh, on the pod. The uh, and we were the Hickory. Hi- oh yeah. What, what were we? The the. Uh, Where were we? I have name? no idea. We were light blue and white. We were on the same team. I believe I was batting third most of the the years we played together, and you were cleanup batter right behind me. We were yeah. we were a pretty nasty one-two punch, even in the even in the, uh, you know, just the the little league baseball team we played on. Yeah, it was fun. It was good times. I have lots of great memories playing baseball uh, with with uh, with with the boys in Hickory, uh, for sure. So um, absolutely, yeah, good man. times. Gosh, that was crazy. Here we are, still still knocking out some singles and doubles, man, <laughs> on the pod. That's right. You know, <laughs> good stuff. Well, best of Brooks, man. So. Yeah, we've got a lot of headlines that have been hitting. You know, we've been kind of squeaking out some episodes here over the summer amidst travel um, with family and friends. We hope you have had a good summer uh, as you're listening to this. I know for us, it's been really hot here in Charleston, extremely hot. And uh, as kids and schedules and, you know, going to see different family all over the country, it just gets to be a lot. And so um, we're kind of excited to get kind of settled back in. And hopefully August is the time we can kind of get more on schedule and, and kind of get in a rhythm as school starts up and um, kind of get a new rhythm going back into the fall, you know, football right around the corner. Gosh, my, my favorite time of year personally. Oh, I don't know football, you, Scott, football. A- absolutely. My favorite. It's time of sneaking the year. up on us. Um, but <laughs> all that being said, Scott, we got some scary headlines kind of in the, in the news right now. So what are we going to be talking about this episode? Yeah. So we're going to be talking about, what sort of investing moves you should be making in a recession? It's not yet confirmed. Who knows when this is published? It might be confirmed that we are in a recession. Um, it might be redefined by the White House by the time this thing publishes. Uh, don't about get me what a started, Lance. Actually, don't get me started on, on redefining <laughs> what a recession is after all these years. But uh <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, it's laughable. But, but it's I, laughable. I do hear a lot of, of um, I don't know, it seems like every time I'm turning on the TV, people are saying, you know, what, what you know, how, how do you plan for, uh, you know, investing in a recession? Should you be changing your investments? Uh, blah, blah, blah. So I, I wanted to really just dig in. I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a current event. 
it's it's something that's top of mind for everybody. Everybody's kind of wondering, you know, how should I be handling things? Should I be changing things, uh, et cetera? So we're going to dive into that. Before we do, each and every episode, Lance and I selfishly will sip on a craft brew. It's our way of having a little bit of fun. We put them head to head. We give them ratings. We put all the ratings on our website. Um, I like to refer back to them. It's, I'm probably the most, um, you know, visited. I, I, I go, I go to the website all the time to check out my ratings, check out our right, ratings right. whenever I'm, I'm, I'm trying a new beer. So, um, Lance, what are you sipping on tonight? Oh man. Um, so I'm going to go to goose Island beer company. Um, and this one's going to be out of Chicago, Illinois, and uh, where my little sister currently lives, which is, you know, she did. I don't know. Did you know? That? Oh, yeah. You didn't know she's in Chicago. Did you know that now? Yeah, she's moved on up to Chicago. I feel like you told me this. Uh, I think, yeah. She, I think I do know this. That's yes. right. So this one's going to be, um, she did not give me this beer, but I can still give her a shout out because she's up there in Chicago and she's my little sis and I love her. Um, but so this is going to be the Tropical Beer Hug got a huge kind of neon bear with some sunglasses on the can it is a tall boy and it is from goose island uh brewing and this is going to be their imperial ipa and again it's called the tropical beer hug um, which i guess there's a bear so it's like a play on bear bear hug beer hug very cute i love the can art can art's pretty, can art's it's awesome. pretty neon it's pretty awesome what do you got scott Mine, I don't really love the can art. It's like, this is from Dewey Beer. It's called Swishy Pants. What a name for a beer. Swishy, Swishy Pants. Pants. They were uh, in back in like the 90s, man. Oh, is that is that what this is about? I Swishy. So. I was like, I, 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 the things that were coming to my mind, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I always here. thought Swishy, Swishy Pants, pants were like, you know, those like, like kind of wind right. pants. They, they make a swishy swish when you walk because they like kind of. Right. The way the legs kind of. I can get behind right, that. Yeah, sure. I can get behind that. All right, swishy pants. It, it actually makes more sense now. I appreciate you pointing this out <laughs> to me. All right, so swishy pants. This is from Dewey Beer. Dewey Beer is out of Dewey Beach, Delaware, right on the way to Ocean City Lance. So I pass this place all the time. I've heard, I've seen articles about how good Dewey Beer is, and I've I don't think I've ever tried it. So I'm I'm really really excited to oh, try nice. this tonight and see if it. You know, I, and this is like just uh, it just says it's you know just a regular old IPA, but it says Galaxy Citra and Mosaic hops, Ooh. which is like typically I beers mean, I've yeah. had IPAs I've had with those types of hops I've always really enjoyed. They've been good. Now you've had have you not had a Dewey beer on here before? I don't believe I have. Um, okay, so yeah. I think this is the wow. first. But I mean, you've, I, you've talked about him before because I definitely recognize the name. Yeah, I mean these hops, Lance. I mean it's just, mm, I'm I'm very excited. But that's a little, we'll just leave it there. Alrighty, Lance. Let's go ahead and get into the money hack of the week. This one is truly a money hack. So I want mm. everybody listening right now. Well, you know, if you're driving, not right now, but when you get home, whenever, whenever you can, I want you to log in to your 401k, your employer-sponsored 401k account, or an old IRA, any any of the above. And I want you to go to your positions tab, and I want you to actually look at what you're invested in. And the reason I say that is because there's a lot of employer-sponsored 
or old IRAs out there that, uh, you know, you might be invested in some investments that have very, very high expense ratios. And um, the reason I'm saying this is because even people like me who are crazy about expense ratios, I recently, I would say, what, a year and a half ago or so, I think I reached out to you and I told you that I was invested in my 401k in some Mm -hmm. funds that were actually pretty high expense ratio funds. And I couldn't believe it. I thought that they were low. And when I actually went into the positions tab, I pulled the symbol, you know, that's usually like a three or four or five uh, letter symbol for whatever it is, whatever mutual funds you're in. The ticker symbol. Yep. Exactly. I pop those into Google and it'll say expense ratio right there. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe, Mm. I think I was paying like almost a full percent on a target retirement fund within my 401k. And I, I I almost, I I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. So then I went to my, to, to my 401k plan and I said, okay, well, what other investment options do I have? And lo and behold, Lance, there's there's an S and P five hundred fund for th- yeah, there is three one hundredths of one percent, three basis points, three basis is points. What we call that, yeah, versus a hundred basis points Ber- versus one, almost it wasn't percent. quite one uh, one full ba- or one one hundred basis points, but uh, it was close. And I guarantee you, wow. there's people that are out there that are listening to this that are probably in higher expense ratio funds than they even think that they are, go in and look at your plan and see what other investment options you have. There's no tax consequences for doing this because you're doing it inside an IRA or a 401k. You can change up your investment allocation at any time. It has no impact at all on the money that you have in there, no tax consequences, anything like that. So swap it up into something that has a very, very low expense ratio. And the reason I say this is because if you're somebody that invests $15,000 annually in in your 401k, a 1% difference in expense ratio can be a $400,000 difference in retirement. Good gracious. $400,000. That. That's a mic drop right there. But you know what's sneaky about that is like when you have the expense ratio, I don't know how many of our listeners actually know this, but like it's totally baked in. Like it's in the background. Like, yes, you can look it up and they have to be published. That's that's law, right? They have to be saying like this is the expense ratio. But there's never a time that like you actually see the expense ratio fees at the end of the year or something where it's right. like, oh, now we're going to deduct the fee. It's like, nope, it's just baked into the return. Exactly. And so you don't even you don't even it's know or sneaky. feel what you're paying. It's sneaky. And so that's why what Scott's saying is so, so crucial to make sure you are in low expense ratio funds, mostly going to be like index funds, you know, large cap funds or S&P 500 index funds. But um, Scott, what is a low, like, What's a low expense ratio? What's the range we're looking for? Like what kind of number? So I'm usually looking at 10 basis points or less. So when I say 10 basis points, I mean 10 one hundredths of of, uh, of 1%. Or 0.10. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Or less. Yeah, because I know that many of the index funds I'm in, in like one of my brokerage accounts, are like 0.03, 0. 0.04, 0. 0.06. Yes. So all of those would be below the 0. 0.1 
zero. Most of these big mutual funds, like a, you know, a lot of these Vanguard funds, um, and um, you know, some of the Schwab ETFs and most of the Fidelity ETFs. These these companies, if you if you're going for the low cost index fund investing or ETFs. You can find them all day below 10 basis yeah, points. Great. There's no need to pay more yeah. than that. I love it. And the last thing I'll say on it, because we're kind of going long on this, but I think it's very important. Um, our episode on compound growth, compound interest. Remember, compound interest is a phenomenon that you can harness to get it to work for you or it can work against, against you. you. Yeah. And, and Scott's example, what he just laid out, the the you know, 100 basis points of the 1% expense ratio, the high expense ratio, that over the course of decades and decades with compound interest basically working against you in the terms of, in the form of a fee, that's how you get the $400,000 difference. And, and it's massive. So like these are little tiny like details, nuances that have big impacts down the road. So I think that's a great one, Scott. Good idea. Awesome, Lance. Let's go ahead and hop into the main topic here. We're talking about the recession that I don't even know if it's a recession, but I tell you what, every time I turn on TV, we're talking recession. So, I mean, we might as well, the sky we might as well just be in it. I heard the sky yeah. was falling. I heard there, I heard actually today, I heard that there's literally, literally parts from a Chinese rocket that are falling back to earth at uncontrolled levels. So now literally the sky is falling and potentially it could kill you. So, you know, if you walk outside your home, not only do you have to worry about inflation and gas prices and a recession, but now there's falling rocket parts from China that could potentially kill you. I'm, I'm not kidding. Look it up. It, it's like a legit article. So it's just oh hilarious because it's a very low, it's clickbait and it's not like a real high chance of it happening, but it is actually occurring and it's just like, oh, now the sky's actually falling also on top of that. So, yeah, so, so besides the, <laughs> the sky actually falling, as Lance just <laughs> outlined, here's, here's some of the other headlines we've got right now. We've got gas prices through the roof, although they are coming down a little bit right now, which is, which is great, I, I suppose. I mean, they're still way, way up. Uh, we've got interest rates that are rising at a phenomenal clip just today. Um, went up another 75 basis points. Uh, housing costs still rising, even with the Fed in raising interest rates. So housing, some uh, places, some places are starting to soften, but yeah, housing rates still. Is that right? They're still yes. rising. Man, uh, food costs. Gotten groceries lately? It's more expensive. Just is. Inflation's now at a forty-year high. Cryptocurrency is taking a dive. I mean, I think most cryptocurrency, you know, depending on which one you're talking about, you're looking at at least a 50% decrease uh, this year. Slowing growth. Big, big shocker in the uh, side comment on the crypto. Big shocker that uh, in, a, in a potential recession, crypto crashes because what are you going to do with it? <laughs> it's like whatever. It's just like common sense. It's like, yeah, groceries are through the roof, gas is through the roof recession potentially people are losing their jobs and like but yeah crypto is going to go through the roof i don't think so <laughs> it's like, I, yeah it's, uh, you know i think that's an think unpredictable that. one there's no doubt about yeah. it I, for me at least uh we've got the war in ukraine we've got the supply chain issues still in china china locked down more people today about a million more people out of wuhan i mean 
it's COVID. It, it just seems like it's never ending. So I, I say this not to scare you, but honestly, at almost any point in history, we could come up with a list. It might not be this long, but we could come up with a list of stuff that's going on that you could be worried about. If you turned on the news, they're going to talk about it. There's always things going on. So I want to talk about Lance. I want to talk about what our listeners should be doing in Mm. a recession. What, what do we do? What do we change? So I've got a, a handful of things that I think are fundamental within a recession. And I want to go through them. I want to get your thoughts on them, Lance. I want to talk through them if we can. So I love it. The number one thing I have is do not panic sell. Ooh, it's great. And that's great. The reason I have this as number one is because selling when the market is down is by far the worst possible thing that you can do for your investments. I mean, we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, that, talk about buying high and selling low. I mean, that that is, and, and, and nobody can time the market. Nobody knows when the market's going to go up and go down. If you would have talked to, um, you know, all the economists in the world as COVID was happening, right, in March, March of 2020, when the market took a huge dive, it veed all the way down, right? It took a huge dive. What was it, what was it down like forty percent, fifty percent at the at the at the at the at the trough? You could have yeah. talked to all the economists in the world. I don't think anybody would have said we would have had a V shaped recovery in the market. Yeah, and we basically and we basically did, right? So selling when 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 asset prices are down is the exact opposite of really what you should be doing. I agree. Um, it's interesting. I think this this might be a hot take that you you might disagree with this, but I think this is important to bring up about panic selling. If you feel like you're a person who watches the news every day, freaks out about this kind of stuff, is constantly looking at the market and man, do I need to sell all this now because everything's about to fall apart? We're about to go out into the woods and just have to make it on like you know pr- you know my emergency store food pack that I bought off some radio ad or something. If you feel like you're you are panicked like that and you feel like you have to sell, you might be the kind of person who actually should have a financial advisor. Because the one thing that I think a financial advisor could really step in and help a person like that is to help them from jumping off the ledge and to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's speak some historical data into this mix. Let's talk about other recessions, how long have they taken to come back? Typically one to two years, max you know, until the market bounces back. So it, I, I think that actually might be a time when a financial advisor could add a lot of value for an investor when the investor is, is you know, trigger happy, jumpy, not very confident in their investments, you know, and, and looking for help. That can be an area where a financial advisor can add a lot of value, in my opinion. So I agree with you, Lance. And I, and trust me, I mean, I'm the one that wrote the episode on fire your financial advisor. So I'm all about firing <laughs> your financial advisor. But if you, if you can't handle the swings, if you can't handle the downswings, yeah. you better have a financial advisor that Hire keeps you one. safe. Because my number two thing, Lance, in a recession, how to invest in a recession? You do nothing. Yeah. That's my number two thing. So that sounds familiar. You do nothing. 
So Fidelity just did an audit of their customer base, and they wanted to basically see what investors are doing the best. Hmm. Guess what they found, Lance? Interesting. I don't the know. The people that had inactive accounts <laughs> or who were dead yeah, were the best <laughs> investors out of their entire customer base. The dead people were... They were they were voting for Biden and they were crushing their investments <laughs> while they were dead. That's amazing. That's I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. Kind of. I'm only kind of kidding. Uh, relax. Chill. Chill. Everybody chill. Um, that's right. But now it's funny because like the do nothing thing. That's man. It just it speaks to the fact that we we really 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 cannot time the market. We can't do it. And if that doesn't you know, prove it. I don't know what else can, but, um, you know, this is what you and I actually have been doing with our investments. Cause we kind of, we kind of share our portfolios with each other and, and coach each other up. But, um, yeah, we really haven't been making any large sales or purchases, just kind of cruising, riding it along and just kind of buy know, every ride, paycheck. Just yeah. Buy, yeah. Yeah. Buy, every, buy. every paycheck that we can buy. Sure. Yeah. But Right. As far as do nothing in terms of making big moves, like we haven't. I, yeah, I'm not selling any of my funds and reinvesting no, no. and like not no. no none of that. You it's know, my just, man, my man Dave Ramsey is quoted often saying, "Nobody gets hurt on a roller coaster unless you jump off in the middle of the ride." I think that's a pretty good picture. Pretty good picture of like kind of like investing in the stock market long term. Just ride it, like, you know. Just I ride like it. That Dave Ramsey quote. That's good. All right, that works. Yep. And, it, and it's an investing quote. And usually I don't like Dave Ramsey investing quotes, but here we go. There you go. See, he's got something for you. Next one, Lance. Make sure your portfolio is well diversified and balanced. So this is super important in a recession. And, and quite frankly, it's important at any time. So if you're someone who likes to pick stocks, right, you like to pick the winners and the losers in the stock market, you can have extreme highs and extreme lows because you might be mm. very uh, centralized in one or a couple different uh, companies. And if those companies are high flyers or they just have a really bad quarter. Tesla. or Yeah, Tesla is a great <laughs> example right now. I mean, yeah, getting that's, absolutely that's hammered after it's done so, 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 so well over the last few years. So um, – this to me, it's like if you're if you're investing in index funds, ETFs, like like S and P five hundred, like we talk about, you're getting itty bitty pieces of a lot of different companies, and um, you're not really feeling the effects of any one company from a major uh, you know a major swing standpoint on a day to day basis. So um, I think it's just important to really not go too crazy with any one individual company mm. um, and have it be a, a large per percentage of your portfolio because emotionally it might be great when things are going well, but when things are going poorly, you're not going to really know when to sell, when to buy, et cetera. So it, it can get very emotional and um, you can make a lot of mistakes, especially yeah. when things are going down with those individual stocks. 100% true. Yeah, I think our rule of thumb has been in line with, I think, of a lot of other people who are in the financial, um, the personal finance space. 
And that would be about, you know, if you if you even like to invest in single stocks. If you don't like to do that, I would say then, yeah, that's great. Don't just do the index fund route, right? Just just do, go diversified all the way through. But if you like doing it, um, I'm one of these people. I like it. I have to tone it back a little bit. But um, 5 to 10% of your entire investable portfolio, um, we recommend not going above that in single stocks. And then if you're going to do that, it might be good to have a few single stocks, not just one. Yeah. Um, to Scott's point. And so like, just as an example, I'll share, I don't think I've shared on this podcast, but right now, a few of the single stocks that I have are in very small amounts. Um, you know, again, I'm, I fall in line of that about, I'm probably about five to 7% of my portfolio is about in single stocks now. And I think I have a little bit of Apple, Home Depot, um, Duolingo is a cool one that I like. And I just like following it. I like following the news, like following the companies and, and seeing it go up and down. But again, I have some Amazon. It, it, it swings big time. And I, I believe long term in the stories of those companies. There's reasons I choose to invest in them. And I'm, I'm fully aware that you know I could, I could lose um, you know, some money in those companies over time, especially in a recession. Um, so just be aware of the risks and keep it to that 5 to 10% of the portfolio. Lance, I also want to say I've been on um, you know, I've been on social media, I follow all these, you know, finance people, all these investing mm. people. Mm. A hot stock tip the TikTok. recently. TikTok. Oh yeah, sure. Of course, you know. The algorithm is just it's just dialed in on personal finance stuff for me. Of course. So the latest and greatest stock tip that, that I've seen over the last couple of, of weeks, which I and I, you know, could easily go up, could easily go down. I have no idea. It's been the Nancy Pelosi stock tracker. Have you seen this, Lance? <laughs> These people, they literally they track we're, Nancy we're really? Pelosi's trades. And they're supposed to be they're supposed to be like um uh, voting on some bill that's supposed to like send Stop Nvidia it. stock <laughs> through the roof. I've heard this from like twenty different you know people on social media, and I'm I and I'm just like they have no idea if this thing's going to pass or not. But they're they're basically basing it on well, Pelosi's husband bought a bunch of Nvidia stock. So today, I was on Market Watch and I see a headline. Pelosi's husband sells Nvidia stock for massive losses. And I've literally seen <laughs> all these people piling in to Nvidia stock because of Nancy Pelosi's husband. So Nancy Pelosi Pelosi's husband doesn't know anything either. I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous. So don't don't get caught up in the mania, especially the mainstream stuff. I mean, it's it's crazy oh, yeah. what's going on out there. So just just um, be careful. And uh, I got a couple more things here, Lance. Hit me so, with them. Intercession, I want you to buy more instead of selling. I want you to buy more assets. So when things are down, things are on sale. My boy Warren Buffett, be greedy when yeah, others are quote. fearful. Yeah, and I, I, I think uh, that quote can get a little bit used out of context and like, oh, he wants you just to be greedy. It's like, no, he's just saying that like the way you should be thinking as an investor is that when others are being fearful, that's the time to actually use some cash reserves to snap up things that are on sale. Look, I like a good sale. Who doesn't like a good sale? You're in the market for a, uh, I don't know, what, what, I, I, if I'm going to Costco, Love one it. of my favorite places. That, oh, that's another one. I have a few shares at Costco. I'm long Costco. 
I'm the, I'm the, I'm, I'm a loyal, loyal Costco customer. If I go to Costco and I see the yellow discount and it gets it down to that price <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, you know what? I don't, my shoes are pretty good right now, but those are some fly kicks and they're on sale. And when they're on sale, you best believe Big Daddy Lance going to be buying the shoes. All right. Because they're on sale. And the whole, the whole, <laughs> the whole point of what Scott's saying is like, look, right now, the market in terms of like a three to five to even 10 year outlook is on major, major clearance sale. We're talking 20% discount. That sweater you wanted. It's 20% off. Those shoes you wanted, they're 20% off. You know, find the stories that, you know, make sense to you that that you think are good investments for the long term. Index funds, especially, take the hit the easy button, man, and just buy what you can that's on sale. I love that, Scott. That's a good one. So, Lance, I did a little bit of research here. We're talking about all these things. I wanted to actually go through some numbers for everybody. Um, so I, I wanted to go through essentially what bear markets versus bull markets over really the last, I don't know, 80, 90 years. Okay. I wanted to go through what a bear market looks like as far as total return versus a bull market and how long each of them last. So I'm going to go through this really quick, but, uh, Back in the 20s, the 1920s, Lance, 3.7 years, 193% total return. That was the bull market. The bear market, 2.8 years, negative 83% return. That was called the Great Depression. That Mm. was followed up by 13.9 years of a bull market up 815%, Lance. So from Jeez. the bottom up eight hundred and fifteen percent. Another recession. Where did, where did you find? Where did you find this visual? This is fantastic. We have to link to this in the show notes. I don't even this know. I got I got to find it now. I just I just clipped I it love from it. somewhere. Oh my funny. gosh! This is yeah. It, it's cool. It gives you a good visual of all the recessions and all the bull markets over the course of you know the past hundred years or so. So I want to summarize it. real quick because I could go through each and every one of these, but basically looking at this chart. There's no bear market that lasted longer than three years, and typically they last less than two years, okay? Yeah, that's right. The typical decline is usually less than 50%. There's there's one case back, the Great Depression, where the decline was 83%, but typically they're less than 50%, the decline, and the increase is... Almost always over 100%, and typically is usually 200 plus percent. And a much longer period of time the bull market is than the bear market. So, all of this to say, this bear market will end, and it will likely result in a bull market for a very long period of time, many, 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 many years. And you can expect to double, triple, quadruple your money in that bull market. So now is the time to buy. This, to me, is Mm. when millionaires are made. People that are scared, that are waiting for the bull market, that's the wrong, like that, that 
you, you're, you're waiting mentality. too long. Yep. Like you're, you're missing yep. multiples that you could be getting on your money by putting the money in now. And I understand those headlines that we went through at the start of the show, they're all scary, but there will always be scary headlines. And one thing that we know over yep. the course of history is that we persevere. We get through things and things that we can see, we, we always get through, right? It's the things we can't see right. that are the scariest. So we know of all these things that are happening. The government's working to, you know, to hopefully resolve these things. We're, we're all working to hopefully resolve these things. Now is the time. I'm pounding the table, Lance. Now is the time I, I to invest. I couldn't agree more. I, 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 and when you invest, think about what you're investing in. Sometimes that helps me. Like, where am I actually putting this money? Am I putting it in Bitcoin or something that's like nebulous and I can't really understand what it is and I don't really have a good thesis for why I would even do this? I'm going to hesitate on that, right? And I'm not going to do it and I don't have any. But if I invest in the top 500 companies in the United States that are making a profit that are integral to our economy day in, day out, Man, like I'm betting on the American economy. I'm betting on the global economy that we will persevere, like you're saying. We will continue to provide goods and services and innovate and create technology that helps people live better lives and all these things, right? So that's what we're investing in and in, in, in the growth of that. And you're actually getting ownership stake, little tiny slices of those companies that are providing those goods and services, um, which are producing profits. So I think that's helpful sometimes for me just to reframe that and be like, oh, that's what I'm investing in. Like, yeah, it makes sense. And so as things get dipped down, I can more clearly see the the 20% discount sale that everything's on sale and and kind of like act accordingly when I have the paychecks that come in where I can have a little bit extra money to invest after my living and giving. Good stuff, Scott. Thanks for laying all that out for us. I think those are some helpful bullet points for all of us to think about in a time of recession that we are likely already in, um, unless, of course, the government has redefined recession and maybe we don't even know if we're in it. We, we don't even know what a recession is. We don't even know what a... Um, I won't go there. Uh, so we don't even know if the government will re redefine what a recession is. But the point is that if we are in a traditional definition of what a recession has been and, and potentially is right now, I think those are some really great bullet points for us all to think about and how we can, you know, sure up our portfolios and really our our investing mindset, our investing thesis, so that as we kind of like continue to invest our hard-earned dollars into the market, knowing like what is the purpose for our investments and, and where are they going? We're not just throwing it down a black hole. So, Scott, thank you for laying all that out. That's great. We do have some questions that need answers. If you have a question that you'd like to be featured on our prestigious podcast with millions and millions of listeners, um, that's a joke, um, you can text Scott or myself if you know us or shoot us an email at questions at dollarsandhops.com. Scott, we got a question here from, this is from Ben, and he writes in, I've got $3,000 and nothing to do with it. There's a few options, but I'm just wanting your takes on what to do with the $3,000. Here are my options. I could start flipping cars. I could invest more time, money into day trading, or I could clear out some credit card debt and student loan. And so Scott, he didn't give us like a whole picture of how much credit card debt, how much student loans. He's got $3,000. He's talking about flipping cars. He's talking about day trading. 
what do you what do you got what do you got for ben ben i appreciate the question thanks for writing in uh so let me let me let me first dust one thing off day trading let, let's not do day trading that's a really 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 bad idea i have no i i don't i actually why is don't that, know, why is that bad idea? i don't know anyone that that is just crushing it day trading i've heard a lot of people get hurt day trading haven't really heard of anybody actually crushing it uh long-term day trading heard of some short-term wins for sure but uh, i think that's a that's a pretty hard no for me. The flipping cars thing is actually quite interesting. I'm all about, you know, entrepreneurs and business and finding ways to make money. Flipping cars is interesting. Um, $3,000 doesn't seem like enough to flip cars. But who the heck? I have no idea. Um, I mean, maybe. Um, maybe you could find some some private deals and, and flip it. But it's, I don't know. seems like a lot of work, probably not a lot of money. Um, and then you, a lot of risk. Yeah. A lot, definitely a lot of risk. Um, and then you mentioned, uh, doing the credit card, uh, clearing out some credit card debt or student loans. I actually love that. I mean, you have $3,000, you said you had nothing to do with it, but I mean, you could, if you, if you got debt, um, especially credit card debt, credit card debt is very high interest rate debt. Uh, that, that's something you want to wipe out immediately. I would, I would definitely put that as a higher priority than even the student loans, so I guess to answer your question, knowing not a whole lot about your financial situation, I would say clear out the credit card debt and then the student loan debt. The other thing I would I would add to this is is um, you know invest in yourself. I mean that that maybe you could you could throw some money towards the towards the credit card debt, uh, the student loan debt, but. Um, you know, don't, don't discount the fact that you could also invest in your, in yourself, uh, maybe, you know, further your, your education, um, you know, go get another certification for your job that helps you get paid more, something like that. Um, I, I'm all, I'm all about investing in yourself. So that's what I would say, Ben, uh, wish you the best of luck. And uh, if you have any other questions, feel free to reach back out and we can hit those on the pod. Lance, I've got one for you, and I think I'm going to chime in on this one as well. Uh, this one's from Jeff, longtime listener. I'm curious who your favorite people are um, that you listen to to grow your financial education. I think he's talking about podcasts. He says, I love your podcast, but I want more content. Mm. Who else should I be listening to? Lance, he wants more content. We got, yeah, we, uh, we need more content. I agree with Jeff. Uh, Jeff, thank you. So we are big podcasters. Scott and I both are. That's kind of what led us to say, hey, man, we should start our own podcast. Um, but that being said, we do consume a ton of podcasts, especially in this space of personal finance, real estate, and investing. Um, so I'm just going to hit a couple here. Uh, let me start with the Bigger Pockets podcast series. I like pr uh, pretty much all the stuff they put out, but David Green now, like he is teaching me so much about real estate investing. I, I basically know nothing. I feel like I'm just like a little baby and he's like really good at dumbing it down for me. He's a great host. I, I love his newer version of the Bigger Pockets real estate podcast. It's way better. Scott way Trench better. Um, is another Bigger Pockets guy. He's the CEO of Bigger Pockets. He's on the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. I have grown to love that man. Um, I, I really enjoy the way he he thinks, he breaks things down. He's super smart, but he can bring it down to my level so I can understand it. 
he based they basically post episodes of like financial coaching um, with somebody who's just giving up all their financial information live on an interview type style podcast. And it's just coaching them. And I feel like I learn something every time. And honestly, it helps us answer questions here on the podcast and with friends and family as well. So I feel like I'm always learning when I'm listening to bigger pockets podcasts. I like Clark Howard. It's a lot of consumer reports, a lot of like travel and, um, kind of smart buys, how to save money, how to like, you know, spend less money. Uh, Clark has been in the business for, I mean, he's like, he's like the godfather of consumer reports and, you know, podcasting and radio. He's been for well over 30 years, been in the, and he's just a awesome, awesome. Listen is Clark Howard and he's every weekday. Um, I love personally the Ramsey show. I still think it's phenomenal. I think they do a great job of talking about relationships, holistic approach to personal finance, people who don't, um, like debt, um, or who are stuck in debt, understanding how to get out of debt and not go back into like predatory debt or really any type of debt. Um, you know, we don't agree with everything that they would say, but man, they've got some great calls that come in and, and they're doing some really big, important stuff. I believe, I think they're a, a growing organization that's like really cool. And you just get a good cross section of hum- of like Americans who are calling in and just having trouble. And you just kind of hear a lot of calls rapid fire that are uh, people dealing with hard things um, and how they coach them out of that. Um, and then I'm thinking if there's anything else, Scott, what do you got? I'll, I'll think of a couple more maybe. So I love the ones that you mentioned, the Clark Howard, the bigger pockets, the bigger pockets money. Those are all great podcasts. Uh, there's one that's done by some guy out of the Midwest, uh, Peter Maluk. It's called Down the Middle. He puts out a monthly. I do like Down the Middle podcast. Yeah, that's a good one. And I tell you, it's only like 10, 15 minutes. It's monthly, but he's so insightful. I love listening to Down the Middle. I I like can't wait until the end of the well. Can't wait to the very beginning of the month when he usually posts it. Uh, for his for his take on kind of the last month and kind of forward thinking stuff. There's also another podcast that I've gotten into just recently. It's called The Weekly Juice. And it's it kind of reminds it, it, it kind of reminds me of bigger pockets, but it's like a cross between the real estate podcast and the money podcast. So they talk real estate a lot, but they also talk fi- personal finance and investing. Um, so I, I've really enjoyed that. It's more of a long form podcast. So usually the episodes are, are usually about an hour or so. Um, but those those are my those are my favorites. Um, I think you hit most of them, but uh, definitely check out the weekly juice. Check out down. The All right, wall. I just subscribed. I just subscribed to the weekly juice, um, and then two others that I was forgetting about. Um, one is about mental health. Dr. John Deloney, um, his podcast, the Dr. John Deloney Show. That's awesome. Uh, it's just like a lot of like counseling and mental health stuff. I just find that fascinating and like how hearing him kind of coach people um, and counsel people through like really hard seasons. Um, and he's actually on the Ramsey team, but he's a uh, got a doctorate in uh, counseling and mental health. And finally, how to money. Those guys are cool. Joel used to work with uh, Clark Howard for a long time. He started his own podcast with his buddy Matt. And um, how to money is great. They they actually do beer also on their show like we do they were an inspiration to us to start this podcast and i still listen to their stuff and i think it's i think it's really really good and informative so hopefully that helped you out 
Lance, let's go ahead and get into the hops showdown portion of the podcast. Lance, you did not put your beer in here for me to remember what it's called, so you're going to have to remind the listeners what you were drinking. I know, I was slacking today, man. I was slacking. I am having the Tropical Beer Hug with a big bear on it from Goose Island Brewing. It is a beach vacation for your taste buds, is a tagline. And it was an Imperial IPA. And man, I got to say, for this to be an Imperial IPA with a higher ABV, um, Goose Island made it smooth, man. It was very tropical, you know, tropical beer hug. It was it was a tropical IPA that I really, really enjoyed. Um, it surprised me. I was anticipating it being more uh, strong tasting. And kind of like you could a lot of Imperial IPAs are a little bit too in your face. This one was very smooth. Um, golly, this is a, this is a 91 for me. Wow. This is a 91. It's a big score. It was uh it was just great flavor. It had the tropical notes, but it wasn't overbearing. And the Imperial IPA, if I can't drink it because it tastes like like wine or like almost like like really too strong, that's not that's an Imperial IPA I could do without. This one was smooth, it was tasty. I'm all for it. 91. All right, Lance. I was drinking the Swishy Pants from Dewey Beer Company out of Dewey <laughs> Beach, Delaware. Uh, right on my way Delaware. to Ocean City. And, you know, like I said at the very beginning of the podcast, uh, I pass through Dewey all the time. I pass right past this brewery all the time, and I never stop. I got this right in my hometown, right down the street in Bel Air. And I am so happy that they had this. So it's yeah. not advertised as a hazy IPA, Lance. It's just a regular. You're, you're, you're really going outside of your comfort zone right now. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't say hazy on it, so I almost didn't pick it up, but it said dewy on it, and I heard dewy was good, so I decided to try it. So uh, Galaxy, Citra, and Mosaic Hops. Lance, all my favorite hops. This knocked my socks off. <laughs> it is incredible. I don't even know how to score it. It's so good oh. because I feel like you can't score it too high because you always have to have room for improvement. That's um, right. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking at the featured hop section of the pod or of the oh, of the nice. website. Of the website, yeah. And I'm trying to. I'm thinking back to Distill Brewing. I gave him a 96. I'm thinking back to Warwick Farm Brewing, yeah. Broken Clutch, yeah. 96. Is this as good as that? It is. But oh, is it better? Wow. Um, I don't think so. I think it's a 96. I think it's. I think it's wow. equally as good. It's amazing. It's a great beer. Wow. Uh, it pours the nice yellow, cloudy. It's got like it's just it's it, it just it's nails. Yeah, good job. So good. So ninety six. Awesome. It's gonna take this pop. I'm done with the bad. I've had a couple of bad um, beers uh, recently. But that one. Yeah, you have. That you have. Awesome. No, you have. I'm I'm proud of you. Um, so Dewey living up to the reputation. Uh, I mean, they, they I, now I got to try something else. I have to yeah, try something else from Dewey. You're, you're I, really, there's no that. chance that they have anything else that's this good. No chance. Man. All right, Scott, take us out. All right, we're going to leave everybody with our action step. What steps are you taking to invest in this recessionary environment?
environment, consider staying the course by putting money in each and every paycheck. Remember back, the person that did nothing, the dead person, the person with an inactive account. The Biden voters. The people that literally did nothing were the best investors. Okay, so stay the course and keep contributing during this recession. You will be thankful that you did in just a few years. Stay calm and keep investing. Love that advice. This is Lance. This is Scott. Live and give on lesson you make and invest the difference. Dollars and hops out. Lance. All my favorite hops. This knocked socks off <laughs> it is incredible i don't even know how to score it it's so good oh man